It's Superhero, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. The, 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 the analogy of dominoes and how like one, one just keeps rolling. And what you're saying right now about how the first person that you pick up for the day, if they're in a good mood, it, the energy goes, goes, goes like throughout the rest of the day. Right. But if the first person you pick up is like, rah, rah, you know, there's something going on strange. It, it writes. Do you notice that the rest of the day is kind of strange for you? Uh, no. Oh, no. Actually, I'm a very easy person. Oh, that's great. Very easy. Not attention for everything. Just be positive. Always. I love that. Yeah, of course. I'm it's a so nurse and I have to be always happy, positive, always. Wow. How yeah. long have you been a nurse for? Uh, starting 2013. And so you've been a nurse throughout that time and also an Uber driver? Yes. Wow. Because I need money. <laughs> right, right. So, did you notice that the skills that you learned being a nurse were very helpful in doing Uber stuff? Yes. It's, yeah, it's very, very helpful. Everything, even in, in your life, during your life, during your days, you're just using everything, but do you know? Mm-hmm. So, where does your, where does your positivity stem from, you know, ah. to have that wonderful outlook? What kind of wonderful... Oh, okay. Just I can give you the one uh, information. I was born as a Scorpio, mm. 11, 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love it. That's a magic number right there. Yes. Wow, wow. I'm a really magic person. I love it. Of course you are. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love it. And my husband always telling me, it's a good sign. It's a perfectly no one in all year, the four digits as a birthday can repeat it. Just one time, just one day, for all of year, four na- same the digits one 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 one, no more. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So so you say so you you feel that you're a magic person. What kind of interesting do you, like do you appreciate synchronicities and stuff like that? Yeah, it, you know it's like the I was born with this. Mm. Even when I was seven. I'm the smallest one. My parents has four children. I'm the smallest one. Mm. When I went to kindergarten, when I was six, five, in my years, we have to go to school when you were already seven. When I went to a kindergarten alone, alone. Yeah, alone. And then, if the in the kindergarten they are giving me cookies i keep everything for my brothers and my sister and brought to home and gave it them when i was already 10 i was making money so you've always been plugged into yeah it's it's but with me everything positive person always happy I'm absolutely I'm complaining if I got some problem very hard problem very bad difficulty even I'm happy what kind of interesting what kind of you know because you have an interesting perspective and it's it's so interesting to me and curious what what drives you to 
to be able to do that. I mean, it takes a very special kind of person to be able to be a nurse, for instance. Yes. Yeah, in my country, in Armenia, I was a teacher, the regular teacher. When I came here, um, I never in my life couldn't see how the uh, the nurse making an injection. It mm. was terrible for me, even for my sons. I never seen it. But now, when my father was sick, I tried to learn the injection. Mm. It was very hard for me because when I saw the blood, I'm getting nervous. It's scary for me. Oh, but yeah. now, absolutely. Now I can just see the cancer wood and I can treat it. It's not hard, absolutely, for me. So it doesn't, um, that stuff does not affect you anymore? No, absolutely. I'm just happy I'm healing the person. I love it. It's yeah. wonderful you're able to keep up that attitude in within all, all those kinds of yes. haywire uh, vibrations that are going on in yeah. places like I that have, sometimes. Um, that's not I'm doing because that's my job. No, I'm doing because I want to heal this person. Right. I want to help him. I want to, uh, whatever I can do for this patient, I'm doing. Have you wanted to be a nurse ever since you were little? No. I'm just in here, a nurse. So, so you started at what? You started as a teacher, right? Right. And what did you teach as a teacher? My language, Armenian. I'm Armenian. Mm. So you were a, a language teacher. Yes. Um, do you have interesting dreams? Oh, my dreams. Uh, actually, it's just be take a vacation. And go relax French, Italy, uh, just uh, Venetia, Venetia. Yeah, because for me, sea is very scary. The, s- the sea, the water? Yes. I want to try to go there because. And challenge yourself? I have a classical phobia, mm. which is burned with me too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I just want to try to treat it. Wow. Yeah. So what what is it about the sea, about the ocean that, that scared you the most? Yes, because I, when I well, close to the sea, I think I'm going to uh, go to the under the water. Oh, you think it might pull you under? Yes, mm. yes, that's my emotions. Did that ever happen to you when you were a child? No, 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 no absolutely. Oh. I'm okay. And my husband even tried with me to keep my hand, go to the sea, but I, uh, I'm always scary. It really is. Yeah, it's hard for me. How deep can you get? Can you I get up there to your ankles, genetic, maybe? I think it came genetic from my father. Oh, your father was scared of the sea too. Yes. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts about past lives? I'm thinking what's gonna be if I'm gonna pass away. I think uh, your soul will alive. If you will die, maybe you can see everything. You can follow your sons. What are they doing? Maybe you can give them sign. Do not do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that. I believe that. I said you. I'm very positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you have some favorite authors? Yeah. Who do you like? I like Shakespeare. Mm. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about Shakespeare lately. Yeah, I like. I read so many novels from Shakespeare. Then I read many books from Meinrich. I remember Ascanio. Even when I was in Armenia, I read that books. Ascanio, Meinrich. Uh, What's that book about? Uh, Meinrich. Um, he's American, Meinrich. Uh, oh, that's his name? Yes. Oh, that th- I thought that was the name of the book. Mind read. Mind read. Mind read the uh, author's, uh, author's name. Oh. Yeah, the book is... Uh, how, uh, many, many, many books I read from mm. Mind Read. Ascanio, Mind Read. Uh, I think Ascanio from Mind Read. Yeah. I'm old. Some of the things I cannot remember. So do you... So... When you're not driving Uber, you're you're a nurse. Yeah. And then what kind of uh, what kind of nurse are you? LVN. For, uh, what what is it called? Licensed practical nurse. Oh wow. And then what is what is? Um... We are following the patients after surgery. If they have uh, the wound, we need to make a dressing changing, follow the sugar, whatever. Oh. And, we, and then we need to um, report to a doctor. If something changed to a bad side, we need to report immediately. Otherwise, if the patient is okay, we are just we are leaving the notes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you have a family at home? Yeah, my husband, my son, and my mom right now in Armenia. Oh, so they live in Armenia? In Armenia? My husband, my son here, the oh. smallest son. Oh. But my oldest son, my mom. They are in Armenia right now. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. When was, when was the last time you visited? Oh, a long time ago. Seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago. So what, I'd love to know, like, because I think every person who kind of th- considers themselves magical or uh, magical happenings in their life, <clears throat> that, you know, there, there are things in their brain that they think about that go, oh, it's because of this, you know, that I'm magical or there's magic happening in my life. What are some of those instances that you've had in your life where you were like, wow, you know, I'm magical. Like, this thing is happening because I'm, oh. you know, putting this vibe out here. Yeah. When I was in Moscow, when I was in Moscow, mm-hmm. I was driving in my car very late, nighttime, about 12 p.m. I just opened my car door and tried to go to buy, uh, I think, gum or something my son wandering to have and then uh, I saw the guys trying to heal me oh my gosh yes because they know um, if you have a if you are a girl and you are driving good car they are just thinking she's supposed to have a good money in her car oh and I saw they are trying to kill me 100% oh my gosh yes I know that area because it was dangerous area. See, oh, oh, there's my buddy over there. He's who we're picking up. That's incredible. So while you're driving out there, you had a feeling that these people were going to do something bad. And you got that warning, basically, huh? Yeah, and then I got signed, don't go. And when I closed the door, they just ran to me. Oh, my gosh. So, and then you got out of there. Then I'm alive. 
Yeah. Oh my god. It's important for us to pay attention yeah, to those intuitions. Sign. I got the sign. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a magic sign. It's so important when we pay attention to those intuitions. Yeah. You know, you never know. Um, yeah, we got the stop what are, sign. Now we will go to. Uh, yes. Oh, Hello, yeah. what is up, dude? We're going to be going out to uh, Napa, and then the day after that, uh, Monterey. We're in a we're a part of a yacht rock band. Do you know what yacht rock is? No. It's uh, it's a genre. It's like soft rock. It's like uh, okay, we hollow need notes. to make right here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. The Uber shows make right here. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. And then another right at this next street. Yes. To more, to more park. You can be an Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a car. He's, he's very, he's like a mastermind. He's like, did you play chess by any chance? Did I, I ask you that? I do, yeah. Yeah, you got that chess mind. It's like thinking not only just like five moves ahead, but like thinking 25 moves ahead. And it's like, like we were talking earlier about the dominoes or the, that energy, yeah. you know, when you, you and that energy. And my always telling me, you are seeing five steps more. Oh, Everything interesting. Of course. More. Oh, of course. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, actually, the more sc- of the scor- Scorpios, they are very powerful and strong. Scorpios, what? They're yeah. very in tune, right? Right. Is that what you're, ma- is that what you're saying? What Scorpio 1111, that's very... 1111 is very magical. Yeah. Exclusive. The 1111 gateway. Right? Every time that comes around. November 11th. Yes. So it's interesting. You're 1111. I'm 1124. So I'm right on the cusp. No, I'm Sagittarius, but I'm like Like right on the right on the edge. And sometimes my birth my birthday is on uh, Thanksgiving. Is yours ever on Thanksgiving? No, his birthday is 1208. Oh. Oh, yes, 1208. So you're 1111. What other magical things have happened to you? Oh, maybe a lot right now. I can't remember what else. I woke up this morning. I was pretty mad. <laughs> she's talking about how she's magical, and I was like, oh my gosh, of course, I'm talking to the right person. So I want her to spill the beans. <laughs> Yeah, that is magical waking up. Oh, one time when I was taking a shower, it was maybe, how many? 2018. Mm. Somebody told me, get out. You heard the voice? Yeah, I heard the voice. Get out from the shower. Then I went, got out from the shower. I see my mom, it's shaking. And I just grabbed her, mom, mom. And she was uh, already got the uh not the heart attack it's something about the heart attack but she was very bad she couldn't talk she couldn't stand when i just grab her and shake her and then she said she just said me what's happened what are you doing whoa so you you shook her out of it huh yeah 
I cannot remember this day because the doctor told me if you are you just in time. Otherwise she can die. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And all because you followed your intuition. You heard the voice and you followed yeah, it right I away. I just heard the voice in the shower. I just grabbed my uh, rope and get out from the shower. Even didn't finish my shower. I just saw my mommy shaking so bad. She couldn't talk. She couldn't stand. She couldn't see when her eyes were closed. Wow. Yeah. So you shook her away. And then from that point forward, she was fine? Now she's fine. Absolutely. Fine. Whoa. Just the doctor told me you are just in time. Just think about that. All the all the things that have to fall right in place. Even she didn't know. She didn't know what was what happened with her. She didn't know absolutely. I called even 911, but they came, but everything was perfect. They couldn't find anything wrong, huh? Nothing, absolutely. But it was nothing. basically it was a, a, a heart attack that happened? Not heart attack, nothing, absolutely. Oh, jeez. you can think of? Oh. Oh, I know they're I don't want to remember anymore. No, I'm sorry. No. I didn't know if they were all traumatic or... I'm very emotional right now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. I just remember the situation and I feel the the same situation again with my mom will say Yeah. I find it interesting that you followed your your instinct. Yeah, instinct. Yeah. I remember this one time I was I was dating this girl at the time who I, I think was just hypnotizing me and I don't know what was going on but I was just like under her command and I'm so glad I'm out of that programming but I remember I woke up to the sound of what sounded like my own voice and it oh. said Kurt and I, and I woke up and all of a sudden I started getting a whole bunch of these text messages from this crazy girl I was dating like it was seconds after I heard my voice say that, and and it was like, I mean, it was like paragraphs, and there was an, another couple times too where I've I've definitely heard a distinct voice, and um, it was either you know warning me of something or like getting my attention that something was about to happen. And the same voice always. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like myself almost. Like it was weird. The voice that you heard, what did it sound? You know, is it always the same kind? Yes. Wow. That stuff fascinates me. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good. It's really good. My buddy John frequently talks with his, his dead grandfather. Like he'll just talk with him and he says, Grandpa, I want let's let's try to reach my cousin Elisa. Let's see if we can just have her try to reach me. If you can have her reach me, I would love that. And all of a sudden, he gets a phone call from his cousin Elisa. And he goes, Elisa, why are you calling me right now? And she goes, I don't know. I just suddenly had a feeling that I needed to call you right now. He goes, I I was just kind of talking mentally with Grandpa. And I said, hey, see if Elisa can call me. And um, so it's really cool. And we can kind of form that kind of relationship with whatever's on the other side or whatever's, you know, vibrating right here in this parallel dimension with us. 
It's intriguing to know that that's something we can have a relationship with. Do you usually work when you're driving Uber? Oh, after actually, I'm working after my nursing. Uh, until ten o'clock. Mm. Not every day. Sometimes, maybe three days a week, or one two. What do you like to do in your free time? Oh, now right now we are doing construction. I don't have any free time right now. Absolutely. I'm very busy reading. <laughs> Nighttime. Reading and reading. <laughs> do you notice your imagination expands more when you read? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I've been reading a biography about Mr. Rogers lately and it just uh, has me crying so much because there's so much kindness in his heart and what he does and his motivations behind everything and how his whole crew, his whole ensemble of people who worked with him were all in that same understanding and mindset and it was just amazing how he you know, how he just inspired this populace and the people, you know, well into their later years. And um, it's just fascinating to, to learn about this guy and, the, and charting the progress of his life and the things that interested him and interested him as a little kid and how those little seeds grew into what he ended up doing later on in life. Did you ever watch Mr. Rogers? I um, have a um, video... Uh, my friend sent me it from David oh how was this last name what was the last name David Psychology. He is giving the lessons of psychology, and sometimes it's very good. I think everybody needs to listen to it. Mm. It's in my email. It was, was the name? It was the name? My last name. David. It, you cannot find it on YouTube. I tried to find, but I couldn't. I have in my email. She sent it to me because we went the classes here. Mm -hmm. oh. It is so helpful. But it's just so interesting when I find myself, whenever I find myself reading any kind of book, I, I always see parallels of what's going on in that book in my reality. 
I see oh, a lot of interesting metaphors. with your reality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like working hand in hand with it, synchronistically and stuff. Stuff that I read about and then I see it in my real life and it's like, you know, when you see that stuff coinciding with thoughts that you had earlier in the day and deep conversations you had with a friend it's or something. you are a very emotional person. Hmm? You are a very emotional person? Uh, perhaps. I know I'm very... I crave imagination. I think I'm... Yeah. If I was addicted to something, I'm addicted to ideas. I just can't get enough of them. Oh. I love, I love making connections between stuff. I love epiphanies and those, um, you know, inventions, stuff like that. It always thrills me to talk to people who explore their imaginations and kind of go off in, in a direction that their inspiration is kind of nudging them towards. Pizza? I did not know. I want to. I was kind of waiting for my sailor to my lady because she wants to see it. It's a cool movie. I, li I like it. I think it's really, really cool. I love that director, so I'm kind of, I'll watch anything he does, so I'm sure I'll. What's interesting because there's a mattress sort of theme in that movie, and uh, in. Uh, was it Magnolia? I think it was Magnolia. Um, what's his name? Played a mattress guy or he worked out of a mattress store anyway yeah yeah um all Thomas grew up around here like in the valley his whole life so I think it's just had a lot dude, of exposure to that it's so cool to see like how much he he uh showcases the valley yeah. in his movies it's always kind of a character and if it's set here then he always makes it a point to make it like a very like a love story kind of to San Fernando Lived here his whole life. It's just so cool because you know when you hear him mentioning names that you're familiar with and you're going, "Wow, he yeah. just said Hatteras," you know, like some some just like. Yeah, he goes to um. My fiance's mom has been working at the same diner in Tarzana for like thirty years. It's called the Little Cafe. Oh my gosh! And he and does he go there? He and his wife, uh, he's married to Maya Rudolph, and they go in there all the time. Whoa. It's like their spot. So her mom is like kind of buddies with Maya Rudolph. And then oh my gosh. He'll, he'll come in sometimes. They have like five kids too. So they'll come That's in so with cool. All their, all their kids and stuff. And, wow. And my one of my best friends actually was in one of his movies. Oh my gosh. A few years ago he was in Inherent Vice with Joaquin Phoenix. I still have yet to see that one. It's really good. You would like it because it's very like, it's very like acid trippy. Like kind of the whole movie you're not really sure. Mm. If what you're saying is real, or if it's surreal, or if it's in his head, like you don't really ever know, because he's like a big stoner. It's like a private detective in the '70s, and he's got the big like mutton chops. And oh my god! Everybody's dressed like a hippie, and he's like it's kind of like Chinatown, but on LSD. It's like Chinatown on acid. Oh kinda. boy! Wow! It's really good, and it's but it's trippy, and it's a little hard to follow sometimes because it's very like man introspective and kind of weird and like there'll be just weird shit like he'll be looking out over the desert and you'll see like little people like start to move like with the rocks and then he'll kind of like blink his eyes and then it like wasn't real you oh know? Like he's he's always kind of 
on drugs the whole movie, so. Wow. My buddy plays, he doesn't have very many lines, I think he has like two lines or something, but he plays kind of his like sidekick that's just running around with him for different parts of the movie, and he's in a scene with Martin Short, so we got to film and hang out with Martin Short for a couple of days. Whoa. He was like giving him advice, and so like I said, he was a really nice guy, and he had to go back to Canada, but he like gave him some advice out of his car window as he was like driving off the lot. Oh my gosh, it's great. Yeah, it was a great experience. Unfortunately, things have kind of slowed down since then. Everybody was, you know, all their friends, everybody around him was like, this, you made it, man. This is your break. You're in a Paul Thomas movie, and you're, you know, one of the... And that wasn't the lead role. He didn't really have lines, but he was just there on screen a lot, you know. With, oh, yeah. With, with Joaquin. And, oh, my gosh. But, you know, as so often happens in the acting world, it's like he kind of just got cold and didn't really do a lot after that. And, you know, in the last three or four years, he hasn't really booked much, so... One of those well, things. He's constantly doing auditions. I mean, he probably does two or three auditions a week for the last few years, you know, and just waiting on the right thing, I guess. I think now more than ever, what's cool is that is that these actors can kind of carve their own path and, yeah. you know, like, you know, instead of going, oh, you know, from this sort of desperate point of view of going, oh, you know, I hope an agent gets my headshot. Oh, I hope that agent... Uh, now represents me. Oh, I hope they send me out on an audition. Yeah. Oh, I hope I get called in. Oh, I hope I get a callback. I hope I get the job. You know, there's a whole bunch of steps there where the people are like, oh, please accept me. And so that could really mentally just really screw with a lot of people. Um, and I think like when people kind of take this into their own hands and go, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and use my camera phone. Yeah. It shoots in 4K <laughs> and just shoot my, you know, like this will be one of those things where it's like, the story will surpass whatever the quality of the camera is, as long as it sounds good. Um, and plus, now it's like distributors are all over the place to help get your stuff up on iTunes and Amazon and stuff like that. And I just think, like, this is one of the th- revelations that have popped in, in my head frequently over the years when I think about, like, these retired actors or people who say, oh, well, I've never gotten called, I don't get called in anymore, or why doesn't Hollywood want me? I'm like, well, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm assuming maybe they've got maybe they've got some money in the bank. I don't know, but I also assume that perhaps they know a lot of other out of work actors. And I always think, well, why don't you guys just all get together? I'm sure you know a writer or five. Yeah. <laughs> Hook up with a writer. Say, hey, write a script that has all of us in it, and we will fund it. And there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's never really expressed interest in that. It depends on who you are, I guess, and what your skill set is, and what your initiative is towards filmmaking. I mean, he always. He's always wanted to be a musician and an acting just kind of fell in his lap. Mm. He started doing extra work, and he's just a good-looking guy, and he's got a good physique, and just, you know, managed to book, like, I think he was, like, a body double for somebody on American Horror Story, and, like, just started doing more and more of those little roles where it could kind of pay the bills, and then he got a couple of big things that he's still getting residuals on, so it's wow. more of a... It kind of fell in his lap. He never really, like... He's, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's, like, passionate about filmmaking or acting, really. I mean, he's, he enjoys it, but it's he's always wanted to do music, so he tries to kind of split his time between writing music and trying to get it recorded mm. and, and doing auditions for that. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you could just go out and create something right now. But it's funny. I mean, we think it's changed a lot, but I don't know. From my point of view, with knowing about his world and what he does, it really hasn't changed all that much. I mean still has an agent manager that are giving him roles, still auditions. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's still really typecasty. You know, he's like blonde with longer hair and 
surfer kind of stoner kind of look and that's for the most part the parts that he gets you know mm-hmm. sent to him and stuff <laughs> just you know it's still kind of like yeah. as evolved as we think we are we're really not I mean actors still get pretty much typecast it's like do you look pretty good for the role like okay you got it as opposed to you know being creative or imaginative about mm. you know who could be in the role they're just like eh, you look like the part so yeah, it's been famously said that like casting directors don't have too much of a, a imagination. It's like, oh gosh, we'd love to hire you. You're the perfect height. You're the perfect weight. You're everything. You look perfect. But if only your hair were red, right. you know. And it's like, well, so could I just go ahead and just yeah. color it, right? <laughs> you know, Weeds. they're not thinking about that. You know, Weeds exist. Yeah. So it's called acting. So you know, I could modify myself. You're right. Of, I could uh, modify myself. It's kind of the gig. So. Yeah. It's. I mean. You wouldn't be either, probably, if you in that if you had that job. I imagine it's not a it's not a insanely fun job. I'm sure there's some casting cre- director. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah, I've done it a couple times. I'm sure there's some creativity involved, but for the most part, you're you know. You oh, plus, you're trying to match up people who might look like a cool. You know, it's almost like you're putting characters into a, a, a play or a character that you're drawing characters or something, and you're going, oh, well, this this woman's face looks really cool, and then she. Yeah. She's got a really interesting face. Oh, the two of them look good standing next to each other. Oh, the chemistry between them. So you go through this like big sifting process. It's probably like any other job. You do it for long enough, and you know you don't want to show up to work every day and be like, you know, today I'm going to be really innovative and creative. You're just like, okay, I got to see this many people. Mm-hmm. And you're good for the role. Okay, cool. You look good for the role. And then job done. Like go home and you know, that's a lot of people. I think it's a rare person that would take a lot of like gusto you know whatever bring it to a job like that oh yeah the majority of people are probably just gonna like dude it is tricky it's tricky trying to whittle that down i mean god you'll be in there for 10 hour days you know looking at all these different people and some people are sitting out there for four hours because they keep getting called in to interact with some other actress like okay let's see you know do you look like a brother and sister right um so it's it is crazy like how the stuff whittles whittles down and then at the last second you'd be surprised like a movie that I shot the guy and his girlfriend they were like together the director did something that offended the girl and um, so she and her husband were out so we had to find two new people at the last second and my buddy just swooped in like he can memorize lines so fast and I go oh can you be this part and so he came in and he actually read for a completely different part but it was so crazy like when stuff like that happens too where you're like oh my gosh this person didn't show up or yeah, I mean, it's tough. I would say, I don't think it's, like, cynical as much as it is realistic to say that it's probably, like, 70% looks and 30% everything else, like, talent. You definitely want the talented people. I mean, but... And then talented, from there, you're like, okay, what do they work with each other? You know, is is the chemistry good? You want to make sure that the chemistry between them is good. For sure. But isn't a, but isn't a good percentage of it or majority of it, like look like you physically look like this person or this character you know so it's probably Possibly. a lot of it right I mean I guess you know like if a Which director like, has a certain vision that. there's enough people that want to do it that look like different people that you know you can always probably find something that you're but it's like my buddy you know he's got longer blonde hair and muscular so he gets surfer parts or he gets you know the athlete or he gets the you know it's just what it's not hard for a casting director to like, you know, I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna stretch, 
you know, the imagination on this one for the most yeah. part. Yeah. It's like, oh, you look like this part. Well, there's that old story where Dustin Hoffman, like, for the graduate, he was supposed to be like a taller, taller guy or something, yeah, yeah. blonde guy. And he ended up getting the role just because he was so, he was so good and so, like, in the moment with these actors. For sure, yeah. And I love, like, when you hear success stories like that. There's this guy named Frank who um, we didn't call back for for this first movie, but he came back to the callbacks anyway, and he ended up getting the job. He just ended up showing up to the callbacks, you know? And he's like, you know, he really wanted the part. And it was just so cool because it's like you want people who want the part for sure, yeah. um, aren't just phoning it in, yeah. you know, find something relatable to that character, and then also, you know, have this... Thing going on with the other actors and it, it god it is it is such a tricky because that's a funny thing it's like actors like oh they didn't choose me they didn't choose me they hate me and it's like no there's so many millions of factors going on that like somebody has to get the part and and then what that means is many people others cannot get that part <laughs> you know so it's like no matter what yeah, wherever the sure. plinko machine lands you know yeah for sure it's uh you know, not everybody's going to be great at it. Like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, of all the people that want to act, they're not all going to be good at it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. just the nature. Like, I mean, yeah. still do it if you want. If that's what you've always wanted to do, you're passionate about it. Like, there's things you can do, you know. I know a couple of guys that are just commercial actors. That's all they've ever done. They'd probably like to do more, but that's just the... They've kind of pigeonholed themselves, or they've been pigeonholed into being, like, the guy and this one guy I know Mike who's just in like every commercial like wow. see commercials and it's just like oh it's him again he probably makes a good amount of money from it but maybe he wants to you know do a Scorsese movie but it's just like you get kind of lumped into that world too that's a whole mm. different kind of crazy corporate world of companies and political correctness and you know I don't know it's it's interesting I, I thought that I wanted to act for a while um I did it all through school and I was pretty good at it. I was in a bunch of plays, um, really good at memorizing lines, and I thought it was, you know, I went to, did, did a couple state competitions, like drama competitions in high school that we got first at, and like, cool. I had to do that scene for a few good men. I had to do Nicholson's part where I give a full speech, but you can't handle the truth. Awesome. Um, but, I, but then I came out here and I was like, oh, you know, it just it kind of warped my going from, yeah. theater, from theater acting in Iowa to. Right. Try to enter into this business out here I was like eh. and I knew music was always going to be my thing so I was like instead of half-assing two things I should probably just whole-ass one thing and mm. just seeing how difficult it is for act I mean it's just a hard life like it's a hard life for musicians too but at least I can supplement with stuff that is still related to music like this where obviously I'm not playing on stage or doing anything creative when I'm in my tour manager role but I'm around music and I'm in the music industry but acting it's kind of like you know, that's why so many actors are bartenders or waiters because it's like there's not really, unless you're like a PA, which it can also be kind of fun because you're on different sets and you're. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a tough. It's a tough life. It's a hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you realize how many, just how many people are trying to do it and the realistic odds of you being, you know, experiencing a living from just acting. Is, well, that's if people go from that. From that, I mean, yes, for sure. If people go from that perspective of of thinking that they are, you know, competing with all these other people for these roles. I mean, there's so many surprising things that happen where, let's say if someone was so excited, let's say if your buddy was excited and he's like, you know what, I've always wanted to be, you know, 
a completely vastly different role. I'm going to write myself a three-minute movie and, you know, and make this thing. Yeah. And, 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 and that's how dedicated to the craft I am. And just by hammering away, hammering away, what I've noticed through various projects I've experimented with, um, created on Through the World, is that <laughs> they, they, no matter what, they get momentum. And it's funny because the people who want to be a part of it and want to see what's going on, those are the people that you actually just keep playing to as if they're the only thing that matters. And what's interesting as a result of that, they like keep they keep sharing it, go, hey, come on, look, look at this, you know? And it's incredible when you start seeing how that works. And just by simply doing what you love, just continually doing what, what you love. And um, it's just nuts because as you, as you carve your own path, without that worry of going, oh my gosh, I have to compete against these people or it's oversaturated in this department. It's the idea of going, what can I do with these talented people who I have in my life? Locations, et cetera, et cetera. I'll shoot in front of a green screen, uh, whatever it is, and go, let me make my own thing. And like, there are tons of people who are doing that. They can, he can you know, people can make Patreon pages. They can um, have a TikTok that leads them to the Patreon page. But And I think anybody, anybody who's who's doing a job that they don't want to be doing, one would hope that in their off time, they're just only doing what they absolutely love doing, you know. And if that means acting or making crazy voices in front of a thing and becoming famous on TikTok for making impressions or what what have you, um, you know, these unexpected things happen. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, I I believe more in the unexpected than I do in what might be a and analytical uh, uh, probability I guess because I I'm looking at it like going oh okay well this if that probability exists this probability also exists and and by having those you know earmarks in my brain of when it has worked in a most magnanimous way unexpected I go well I've got so many examples of this I can't you know I can't discount any of this well that's why I wanted to do this podcast because I don't, I don't have any preconceived notions about it being some crazy success, but at least, at the very least, I have control yeah. over the creation and distribution of it, mm-hmm. and I don't have to be beholden to waiting around for my producer friends to hit me up about a music project or waiting to get yes. something together with other people to do some musical project. It's like the most appealing thing about it, even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if nothing ever happens from it, is that I'm, I, it's a self-run business content creation that I am in complete control over. Yes. It's the most appealing part about it. Even yes. You know, like I said, even if I don't make any money, it's like, I, I just, I like talking with people and, and I, you know, it's, it doesn't cost really hardly any money. You know, you don't need a lot of capital to start a podcast. No, so. Not at all. In fact, nothing. I buy a microphone. I mean, investing like maybe a thousand dollars, which grand scheme of things, you know, for most businesses is nothing, but mm. just to buy a microphone and a couple pieces of equipment that I don't have and recording the intro music and like a logo design with my friend who's a graphic artist, like that type of stuff, but only a few things, a photograph of me for the thumbnail of it or whatever, but yeah, after those, after I have music, logo, and picture, it's about, about it, and the, and the microphone, and then all you need is just to do the thing, just record it. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, nobody, there's nobody's permission. There's nobody, there's nothing. You are the authority on, on that creation. Yes. Yes. It's potentially, um, 
mobile, which is appealing to, like, if I did, if I was on tour for three weeks or whatever, there's a world where I could just set up the laptop on the tour bus. And you can. Record it right there. Yes. Know? So. You can record another, on your phone, too. That's another appealing thing is, like, being able to take it wherever I need to to do it as well instead of yes. having to go someplace like a studio. I mean, down the road, it would be nice to have, like, a nice studio. I try to do video. I don't think I'm going to do video up, up off the cuff because I think it's it's pretty daunting and like thinking about adding video to it it's a lot it's like cameras and you gotta do video editing and you gotta tell me to do that so it's I think you add a lot more to the process by doing video but maybe I'll, I'll get there eventually you know it's yeah, I think if you just excite yourself with just creating it, so I mean that that's what made me make my podcast because yeah. I was just like, dude, it's so e- Anchor is what I use, yeah. Anchor.fm. It's just a it's just an app. You download it, you can record it at any time, anywhere, and you can record the segments. And then if you got on your laptop, you can put some audio right in there too. Yeah. And so you can build the segments, you can build the episode how you want. Right. So that means that you can use your you know your fancy microphone, or you can just simply use your whatever's on your phone. Um, I mean, it's not fancy. It's like three hundred bucks, but it's the one everybody uses. It's like the Shure SM7B. It's the one that looks kind of like a oh yeah yeah pill with the phone on it, and it's it's not. I mean, it's not like the nicest microphone in the world, but it's a good one for for talking. It's like a good talking microphone. Right, right. It's like three hundred bucks. It's not crazy. So you get me one of those, and I've already got Ableton on my laptop, which is Ooh. recording software. I got an interface dude once you get the momentum going it's beca- it's going to become addictive because you you start finding that you accidentally start growing this audience of people who really love hearing your epiphanies and ideas and theories and all that stuff and you're it's, it becomes a beacon and it becomes this magnet for all those people who relate to that content and before you know it you'll have people out in um I mean, you can look at your analytics if if you choose to go through Anchor because they distribute it through Spotify and all these all these other places, and um, it's just so fun because knowing that it's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. all these different things, and all you got to do is just go okay through the app. There it goes. I don't have to pay for anything. Yeah, there's a few. Serv- I haven't heard of that one specifically, but there's a few. Serv- I've been watching a bunch of YouTube videos of people kind of describing the process of getting your RSS. Uh, feed. Yes, and, and that's that, the yes that link and, and how a few different services will not only give you that, but then you know click of a button distribute it to Google, yes Google and Apple and Spotify. So that's what Anchor does. And what yeah. you can do is you can copy that RSS and find any other. I I search like a wild man online to find any sort of podcast app or directory yeah. that said submit to us your RSS feed. And man, I submitted that RSS feed to so many of these people. Some of them I just email, outright emailed the RSS feed in the iTunes link yeah. and said, "Oh, can you can you include my podcast in your in your directory?" And um, it's dude, it's like it's crazy when you look at the analytics. Like today, I was looking. There's there's a, a place in Houts de France, yeah. Houts de France. Someone someone out there is listening to the podcast. Nice. Someone out in Iceland is listening to the podcast. Someone in Arkansas. Like it's nuts when you when you see. And you start yeah. looking at those stats and you're going, oh my gosh, to think that there might be some farmer driving around on his tractor listening to the podcast while he's, you know, or milking the cows or something. Yeah, yeah. And listening to this completely different universe that they're yeah. not used to, you know? No, it's cool. I think the most intimidating part for me um, 
is just marketing and promotion. I'm not, I've never been traditionally very good at that because I'm mm. more, of a, more of a right brain. You're more of a guy just create the thing. Yeah, I'm more, let of, someone else more figure of an artist kind of right brain type. So do, having a, a meticulous mind when it comes to promotion and, and marketing is something, it, it'll be a nice challenge. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not down for doing it. I mean, I'm gonna have to do it, but it's just, that's the most kind of challenging part in my head to, to wrap my yeah. head around because you do want to, I mean, you do want to, make it successful if it's not I mean that is one of the least thrilling thing. I mean for me like anyways like promoting myself marketing myself it's just like uh, I just kind of want to create the thing and have someone else do it yeah, but yeah. it is but cool because there are si- systems where you can hook up your Twitter to your like your Instagram account right. so you can utilize your Instagram account to to, to put it out there or a, t- a TikTok uh, channel and you also don't want to spend three thousand dollars a month for a publicist so it's like <laughs> yeah a lot of people do that and when if you make a certain amount of money then three grand a month is if that's not that much for you and you can do it, then by all means, but mm-hmm. it gets pretty pricey guys. when you start getting the publicists involved. Oh my God, dude. Hey, thank you so much for the ride. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Ready? Yoda was almost played by a monkey. According to the book, The Making of Star Wars by J.W. Riz... Rensler, George Lucas originally planned for Yoda to be played by an adorable monkey wearing a mask and carrying a cane. Huh, what do you think of that? Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. Inspirato Projecto